0: It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author and father of all things one two, Mark Husson. Hi everybody, it's mark and this is a great edition of one too many voices i'm so excited about this show because this one is different than the shows i've done before where we've had panels of people talking about a specific topic today i have two wonderful people talking about a very specific topic that has to do with them and i'm so excited because i want to explore who they are how they've uh, how they met, what, how they work in the in, in their relationship, in a culture that isn't necessarily always friendly about what's different. And I think it's fun, exciting, and I hope it brings uh, some enlightenment to all of us. And I'm so excited to welcome Christy Brower and her partner, Rhonda Knutson. Hey, guys, are you with me? yeah <laughs> you know they are part many of the audience listening for the first time may know that these guys are part of the psychic sister team where we have these two and two others siblings that are um a part of a group of four women that do psychic readings on the air and bring a certain kind of beacon of hope to everybody. We love their work. We were so honored when they tapped us on the shoulder to see what we were about and then um Christy has her own show and, uh, we'll have her talk about that. But I want you all to meet them in a way that I get to meet them because I'm exploring this relationship. These guys are partners. They're life partners. Uh, they are, uh, in a community in a world that I think is, um, very small community type that maybe doesn't is, is a little more conservative than, than, than we would imagine. And there's all the noises in the background of, of that I did not protect myself from. So I'm sorry for that. We'll get over it here in a minute. In fact, um, we'll hit my Do Not Disturb button and see if it works. Um, so if you would, let's start with Christy. Uh, Christy, thank you for coming today, and I'm so excited about uh, exploring more about your life. Can you give me a little background and the people listening a little background about where you, uh, you know, where you grew up, where you were born, a little bit about your life. Who who was Christy growing up, and what was your sure. family like?
1: Sure, Mark. Thanks for having us. Today. Yeah. Well, I live in Idaho. I was born in Driggs, Idaho, which is a tiny little town up in the Teton Mountains in yes. the Grand Teton Mountain Range, and um. I'm the oldest of three girls, and I grew up in a very conservative place. I mean, when you say we're a little bit more conservative than other places, <laughs> that's like the funniest thing I can think of. We live in the reddest state in the Union, and um, the the county that I grew up in and went to high school in is the reddest county in the United States.
0: Wow. I so love that. So
1: we're talking uber conservative, which is interesting when you hear a little more about Rhonda and I's life and you yes. know where where we're headed and what we're doing, but... Um, I, we moved to Rexburg when I was a little girl and I grew up in Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, it's a, a Mormon community and my graduating class was like 97% Mormon.
0: Right. Really? I mean, yeah. That, oh my God. That And you weren't Mormon, right? I uh, take no, it. No? Okay. no, I was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? You I, were? I, I, I was Mormon, yes. Oh my I, gosh. I, uh, went to a Mormon private college, my first two years of, of college and, Okay, wait a minute. You grew up up
0: as a Mormon. Mormon. Your whole family, you and the family were Mormons. Yeah. Oh, my God. You
1: when you get to her. Yep. Oh, my
0: God. I love that. Okay, okay. So you grew up Mormon. And can you just give us a little bit of tip of what's Mormon life like from the inside? I mean, is it just very controlled or is it free or what's it like?
1: It's, it's a pretty controlled situation where, you know, one of the struggles I had as a kid um, is that I you're not allowed to get any kind of divine revelation for yourself. You have to go to your bishop to do that. And I've always been very spiritual, even when I was a little girl. I did a lot of praying and had a lot of really amazing experiences as a kid. I used to blow my parents away by praying when we were in trouble and the problem just going away. And so I had trouble with that. Um, I also, my mom was very much not conservative. She grew up in Las Vegas and she was a very strong woman and didn't really bow to the whole idea that women are, you know, kind of subservient to men, which is the way that it felt in my community growing up. Wow. And so we, although we grew up in a really conservative community, we grew up with parents that taught us that we could do anything as girls, that we weren't limited. And my mom oh. really encouraged us to trust our intuition and, and and do what we wanted to do. And my mom and dad didn't limit us in any way. So we always had this sort of dichotomy that our community and our religion taught us one thing about who we were and what we could do as girls and what the world's expectations were of us. And then my mom and dad were totally opposite of that.
0: Oh my God. I love that. And just to be clear, were there just four girls or three girls or how many? Three girls. girls.
1: I I have a brother who uh, passed away as an infant. So I I grew up with my two younger sisters Mm -hmm. and um, you know, my dad was a barber and my mom was an elementary school teacher.
0: Amazing. I love that. Okay. Now simultaneously and parallel to that, we have Rhonda Knutson and Rhonda, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming today. Thank Uh, you. I want to know who you were as a kid too in this parallel universe while Christy's growing up. What was your life like? Where were you born? Give us the same sort of rundown.
2: Well, I was born in uh, Pocatello, Idaho, which is um, uh, probably, I don't know, 90 miles from where Christy was was living. Oh, um,
0: wow. I love that. Now, you were born yeah. in Idaho, too, so 90 miles. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I was,
2: I was born in Idaho also. Um, we moved to a very, very small uh, farming community called Pingree. Uh, when I was uh, two years old on my second birthday. And how and, many were uh, there in
0: the family, like for you? Like-
2: there is, I have actually three brothers. I don't have any sisters. I have two older brothers and one younger brother.
0: And you so you're in the middle, first girl, I'm in the third middle. one down. Okay. Only,
2: only, girl. only um, girl. And I was actually the first granddaughter on my dad's side. So oh. there was about six boys and then me so uh um, okay,
0: and ronda was the family extended like was there like grandfather grandmother around um mm-hmm. okay so yeah. it was a big kind of extended <laughs> in that way
1: yep and yep, christy was that true for me. you too oh yes yeah okay. i have a huge extended
2: family
0: <laughs> okay good 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 it's good to know that okay so now we're uh we moved to a farming a town is that what you were saying yeah okay yeah
2: my dad my dad worked for the union pacific railroad for um 30 years and um <clears throat> excuse me he bought a little uh kind of It was only 80 acres at the time, so just a little farm where he could have horses and cows and and sheep and all the things that he wanted to to have. As as he was growing up, he wanted to be a farmer. So, um, yeah, so I grew up doing a lot of chores, hauling hay. No, um, I love the chore thing.
0: I mean, I saw the farmer video at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw that with (laughs) Paul Harvey. I mean, so, I mean, (laughs) were you like – did you milk cows? What? I mean –
2: I never milked the cows because I just didn't want to do that. My brother had to. I got you. Yeah. uh, But you know, I I gathered the eggs and fed the dogs and. um, What time did your day start? um, My day started usually around seven.
0: Oh man! Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, So now you're Mormon too. I did.
2: I grew up. I grew up LDS. Also Mormon. Um, My family wasn't very active, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would go at different times. Um, but we didn't go uh, very often. I was probably the most active of the group. Um, I would go because that's kind of the thing you did. There wasn't a lot to do in Pingree. Yeah. Um, you know, our nearest neighbor was like a, a mile away, and so that was kind of the thing you did. You you went to church and kind of got to see all your neighbors and and things like that. It was it was really that small town. Um, you know, built around uh, your religion and. You know, in this in this community, everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew, you know, if somebody got a new pickup, everybody knew it. You know, it was that kind of a yes, a, yeah. a setup, <laughs> and and it was a great place to grow up. I mean, we you know we did have chores, we had hard, you know, hard work, but there was also so much room to play. Um, and one of my favorite things was my dad would uh, play softball or baseball with us on Sundays in the summer uh, in this great big pasture that we had uh and i swear he could hit the ball further than any of us but you know it was just fun uh, you had plenty
0: of playmates was it you the brother's dad and it, were there was there a sense of like it reminds me of the Superman idyllic life like the the like your parents are the ones who adopted Superman when the when the capsule came to <laughs> earth is, is that, was it like that because that's what it feels like this beautiful little I mean this I it's like the farm and the playing baseball I love that because there's an adventure about to unfold in this lovely little movie but but mm-hmm. it seems like you had fun like it, would you call yeah. it a happy childhood
2: oh yeah yeah I had a really good time as a kid um you know like I said there was just a lot of things to do there was I a know. lot of, of room to move and you know we had chores and we had things that we had to do and I, I love to be outside so it, as soon as I got up I'd try to follow my dad to be on the tractor or something like that and because oh. if I got stuck in the house then I had to do housework so, <laughs> do that. so now, uh
0: we, what sign are you Rhonda
2: I'm an Aquarian. You're, um, an
0: aqua- you're an Aquarian. Yeah. You were going to say something else.
2: Oh, and I'm on the cusp of Pisces. So I'm like right there. So okay. depending on the year, sometimes I feel more Pisces than Aquarius.
0: Okay. And then Chrissy, you're a Libra, right?
2: No, I'm a Sagittarius. you
0: Sag, Le- Where's the Libra in your chart somewhere? Probably. M- moon or something. Okay. I'm I'm really usually good at remembering that stuff, but you're okay. We have a Sag in, possibly an Aquarian, right? Most likely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I uh, would just like to have the audience know that. Now, Um, As we're developing you guys in your two – this is in Idaho, so we're developing a certain kind of um, uh, identity here. Uh, Christy, Mm -hmm. you being the oldest child, uh, and you both are the firstborn daughters, which I also find really fascinating. (laughs) Did you – Okay, so was there a a lot of pressure, at at least on the – do you come in with a sense of pressure of taking care of the others? And I know, Rhonda, it might be for you two being the only uh, girl in the family, but was there a certain amount of responsibility that you take on just naturally? Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let's start with Christy. For you, was there a responsibility that you felt? Yeah. Okay. Very
1: much so. It's something I'm still really working on trying not to feel responsible for my sisters now that we're all adults. Wow. But there was a lot of responsibility. Um when my mom when my youngest sister started first grade, my mom went back to college. Oh, whoa. And so, you know, then we had a list of chores to do. We cooked dinner every night. We had this notebook and my mom wrote out simple recipes and she would get out whatever needed to thaw in the morning and leave it on the table and there would be the recipe and then there would be a note about here here are your chores that you need to get done today. And so we took on a lot of the housework and responsibilities when she went back to school.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Her first two years she went in Rexburg and then she commuted to Pocatello which was 90 miles away. And so, you know, she was gone a lot and it took about it took her about five years to complete her degree. So during that time, you, you know, I was in
0: the household and you were the head were, of the household, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and were you going to school at the time? Uh huh. Oh my God. Okay. And you and your sisters got along famously about it. I mean, pretty much. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: not so much. Okay. We, you know, sometimes we did. Sometimes we didn't. Our dad's barbershop was just a couple of blocks from our house. Yeah. So if we got in a really major situation with each other, one of us would walk down to the barbershop oh, or call
0: good. Him. And um, he, it, And put, let him put out the fire a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause my dad is, my mom was a really fiery, um, very red personality. Yeah. My dad is very, um, passive and peacemaker type personality and so he would usually work it out with us. We we joke a lot because I have a crooked middle finger on my right hand and yeah. it's from taking a swing at my sister Katie and she ducked and I punched the wall and broke my fingers. <laughs> We had, you know, we had plenty of stuff like that. We had really good times and times where yes. we crap out of each other, too. So. I
0: love that. Well, it's typical family. I love that. And, and well, not really typical. It's atypical, but lovely in the, in the dynamic is sort of typical. And Rhonda, you and the boys, were you kind of like the even though you were the third one down, was there still a hierarchy or did you do were you did you follow the line?
2: No, you know, um, I was more responsible for my little brother. Okay. Uh, he was, he's four years younger than me. And so for me, you know, I was four years old when he was born. So here I am. I have this really cool new doll that I can play with and and dress up and, you know, so for me, it was just, it was wonderful. Um, we had a great time. Um, so I was more responsible for him, um, and, and helping him, but I loved it. I I loved it. I, I think I taught him how to ride a bike. I know, I know I taught him how to throw because I tell him he throws like a girl and he said, yeah, because you taught me. So, <laughs> I love you know, that. just That's things so like that. Yeah.
0: Well, did, okay. So can, let's jump up a little bit into maybe high schoolish times or um, into even uh, later, but w- at what point, uh, can you tell me a little bit right before the two paths crossed for you and Christy, Rhonda, can we start with you on that? Like, what, sure. what yeah, where did the paths start going?
2: Well, um, Actually, I, uh, you know, I went to high school again. My my high school class was like 126 that uh, graduating. Class. Oh, that's
0: so funny! I love and that. And then, yeah,
2: yeah, and then I went to to Rick's College, which is in Rexburg. Um, I'm a little bit older than Christy, yeah, and so she was still in junior high, I think, when I was in college. I'm not sure. Uh, so. We, we tease each other about that, but, um, I'm
0: sure in a way it's kind of a relief for her not to be the oldest something, right? Yeah, <laughs> you
2: know, yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, one funny thing is that Rhonda lived in college housing one block from where I was living when oh
0: I was a junior Oh my God. High. I mm-hmm. love that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Good, good, good. I see yeah. the movie in my head. It's so sweet.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rhonda, what'd you go to college for?
2: Um, at the time I was going to be a preschool teacher. Okay. That was my thought. Um, I decided to take a break, and uh, I actually moved to New York for a year and was a nanny Wow um, and uh loved every minute of it had a great time there
0: no culture uh, shock
2: oh oh yeah big time culture shock the uh the just flying i'd never flown before oh my so i 'm nineteen gosh. years old and i 'm flying for the first time Suck. and uh you know flying out of Salt Lake, which is a fairly good sized airport and into um the the new york uh I forget which one it was. the The big one. Laguardia. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's like the the airport is bigger than our state. You know, that's how it felt. <laughs> um, that's
0: got to be amazing. And I love uh, that. yeah,
2: and so you know, and and then some of the lingo is different and things like that. So I had to kind of get used to that. But um, you know, where I where I lived was uh, Croton on Hudson, so it was uh, a little. Smaller town, you know, kind of thing. So that that was helpful. I didn't actually live in New York City.
0: Okay, and then so, you came back. Then right.
2: I came back and I went to ISU in Pocatello. Okay. Um, and I was there for a couple of years and uh, started. Was in some therapy and and decided that uh, maybe I wasn't who I thought I was, and I started to kind of question myself.
0: Wow. Ooh, the moments of questioning. Yeah, questioning sexuality, yeah. and in a small town. Double the fear, right? I mean, right. you're also talking oh, yeah. to a therapist in the small town, right?
2: Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, God, and, okay. And Pocatello is a little bit bigger, but yeah, still, it's it's not huge. You know, it's. It, I think it was fifty thousand people at the time. So, you know, Idaho, that's huge. Um, but <laughs> uh, that is, so,
0: yeah, no, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and so, yeah, I had a therapist and uh, I was kind of working through some things. And how did you uh,
0: feel it, about going into therapy? Um, it's a, it's an incredible step. I think um, I, it was my major in college. It was my, the thing I sought out in high school mm-hmm. and college because I think anytime you go through a- – um, sexuality questioning or any sort of thing that makes you different, the reach mm-hmm. out for therapy is one of the bravest things I think anyone can do. I was in the industry. I watched the fear of myself. I watched it in people. Um, mm-hmm. What made you do it? What I mean, the, was it just like you – What? who taught you that that's what you do? <laughs> well,
2: when I was in high school, um, I, I had some issues that, that uh, needed to be worked on. And, and so I got some therapy when I was a junior in high school. How nice. Um, And so I knew. Yeah, I I knew at that point. Well, first of all, I knew I wanted to be a therapist at that point. But I also knew that, uh, you know, that that was helpful, that that was what I needed to do. And so I I sought out therapy. And and it was so funny, because I finally said, I think I might be gay. And she jumped up and hugged me (gasps) so tight. And I was just like, because I was afraid. I was afraid of saying the words. And, you know, her going, ah, get out of my office. You're hitting on me or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. And she was just like, finally. And I was like, what do you mean? Finally.
0: And she's like, come on. You know? What a woman. I was only woman. in the
2: closet to myself. You know, oh. really, that was it.
0: Oh, I get it. I know. It's so funny. Uh, the, we could make tons of jokes about that for uh, yeah. every person in that situation. But you're right. It's, I call that the inner hologram. When we don't mm-hmm. catch up with the image of ourselves, sometimes we can look like idiots. And, and I remember thinking, <laughs> I've had, I really? thought I had a full head of hair until I was in my forties and I had lost it at 35. It's just like, catch up, dude. Um, Christy, <laughs> <laughs> Talk to, how how about your unfolding? Like at, at that point in Rhonda's life, you know, she finally made a, a, a connection with it inside herself. And it looks like you all are coming to a point of maybe meeting. How about your unfolding up yeah. to that point as well?
1: Well, you know, when I was in high school, I um... – When I was in the ninth grade, two of my best friends from junior high came out at my very LDS high school, and it was terrible. Oh, my God. They were bullied and beat up and hassled like crazy. People came up and asked me questions because they knew I was their friend, and it scared the crap out of me. So I got a hold of a boyfriend, and I hung on to him tightly till my senior year, and then I picked up another one when that one ended. Wow, good. But I had – yeah, I I just – it never really crossed my mind that I might be gay. I just didn't want other people to think I was because it was so scary.
2: Yep.
1: But I had a lot of problems dating in high school because I used to get nauseous and throw up on dates. It happened all the time. <laughs> it happened all the way through high school. My mom took me to the doctor. We, couldn't, we could never figure out why. I mean, talk about dents, but you know, think about where I was living. It wasn't like sure. I had a lot of examples of <laughs> why this right. might be. But I seriously, I would we would be at like formal dances and I would have to run for the bathroom as fast as I could go out (laughs) slow dance and throw up. (laughs) I look back on it now and I think, oh, my God, did you feel
0: anxiety at the time? I mean, OK, terrible anxiety, but I
1: didn't know why I had no idea why I felt that way. (laughs) Um, After my first two years of college, I went to work um, as a job coach. I worked in a in a sheltered workshop for people with developmental disabilities. And my boss was a lesbian, and that was the first gay person I had ever actually known in person. And she
0: was open about it.
1: Yes, oh, she nice. was. I love. That. And it yeah. was like after knowing her for a little bit, I actually when I moved out of my parents' house, I rented an apartment from her and her partner. Oh. And then the lights started to go on for me, and I was like, "Holy crap! I know <laughs> why I throw up on dates." You know? <laughs>
0: I love that. I always see a South Park episode where they give you a nickname, like, you know, galloping uh, uh or uh what would it be like uh something that were whatever, it's just so cute. Where she has to throw there is a girl in South Park that threw up all the time. No, it was the boy, a young boy. Yeah. Every time he was on a date, he threw up. And uh, mm-hmm. it just reminds me of that. Anyway, sorry to digress. So you <laughs> you have this epiphany uh yeah. that you're not that all of a sudden uh, I'm not nauseous because I'm comfortable here. I love this and I've been against a certain grain of my life was that moment then was there a dread of what you're going to talk about to your sisters or you know what happens then
1: what's the unfolding oh yeah so a, a couple maybe three months after I figure this out about myself I decide I'm just going to tell my parents I'm just going to get it out in the open I don't want to you know hide it anymore I feel really bad because you know I've I had a really happy childhood and really supportive parents and so feeling like I was lying to them all the time by not telling them this just made me miserable. Right. So I sat them down, and, and what I did is I told them that I was leaving the LDS church, the Mormon church, because I didn't believe in it, and I'm gay. All in the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it all out. Let's do it all at once, right? Right. <laughs> they were madder that I was leaving the Mormon church than I, that I was
0: Oh, gay. really <laughs> they were? Uh, that's so sweet. Now, was the Mormon church position on um, homosexuality, like, is it scary, awful, or is it just sort of not talked about?
1: It's changing yeah. a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's changing a lot. Rhonda has actually a lot more experience with it than I do, because I just didn't tell it, any of them. I didn't have it. I just uh, walked mm-hmm. away and said, forget it. Yeah. But, but Rhonda actually went through the whole process of telling you. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. We got, we got to find out about that for sure. (laughs) Now, Christy, when your parents got mad, um, about you leaving the church, how was the rest of the family pretty much okay with whatever it was like, whatever it's cool or okay. You know,
1: my, my, my sisters were, my sisters have always been of the mindset that you're my sister. I love you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, extended family and stuff. They've all had different reactions and things, but I've never been shunned. I was never cut out of my family. Oh, you know, I had so some awkwardness good. with my parents for a few months and then it was just like they just accepted it and went on with life and you know, well, you I know, I'm super lucky.
0: Frankly. I well actually it's you are. It's lovely. And you know what I think? What other what other species of humans okay like what other sexuality has to go confess what they like I mean I don't right, I, right. I, I, it's like no no normal whatever what quote unquote heterosexual goes mom and dad I have to tell you you know I like yeah. my opposite sex and like mm-hmm. d- deal it's so humiliating of a position to be put in and I just I, I don't think people understand that so it is like there's no precedent for it that mm-hmm. a child confesses to their parents what their sexual fantasies are that's fucking ridiculous oh did i say that out loud okay so <laughs> let's see um Rhonda, tell us about how the lds community and your process through them and lds uh, everybody listening in you guys what does lds stand for
1: latter-day saints
0: thank you uh, the mormon church how did they deal with um what was the process like
2: okay well i, I unlike christy uh, came to a realization when i realized i was i was lesbian um i Decided that it it was because I didn't have enough faith, so I decided to go through the Elias Temple, which is quite a process. Uh, Is that what you do
0: when you're burdened? Is that a process um, you do? No,
2: it's it's what it is. Is usually um, that's where people get married, um, and if you don't have somebody in your life yet, you can go through. There's it's a higher level of kind of initiation okay. into, into the church okay. um and so for me i went okay i am going to do everything i possibly can um to not be gay okay. um, and so i went there and um
0: mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission
1: Sometimes we all just need a little confirmation, validation, and wise advice. That's where I come in. My name is Christy Brower, and I am a psychic advisor on 12listen.com. Give me a call. Let's clear away any roadblocks holding you back from a blessed 2013.
2: The psychic sisters are in the house, yo! John, Decady, Christy, Kara, call off! We'll give you a reading so good it'll scare you. That's right. We'll balance your chakras, talk to your dead grandma, and if you want us to, we'll talk to your pet. Wait a minute. That didn't rhyme. It's true. We're not really good rappers, but we are really good psychics.
1: The Psychic Sisters on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific on 1-2 Radio, where we're changing the way you listen to the world.
0: Hi, I'm Mark Hassan. When I created 12Listen.com, I envisioned a service that could offer immediate relief from the dilemmas of daily life. On Demand. I knew that many of you have been hurt by similar services on the internet because I've been in this industry for over 25 years, and I know that when you're hurt, the promise of a fix sounds irresistible, regardless of who's offering. The advisors at 12listen.com are extraordinary, not because they've endured weeks of observation and testing, but because they promise to make their work here their number one priority. That means you will be speaking to someone who's here for you. We're not a perfect service, but we believe becoming a perfect service starts with having the courage to strive for perfection. I'm Mark Hassan and 12listen.com and the 12 family are my purpose. Give us a try. And if you've tried us before, try again, because I'm convinced that life is better when you don't feel alone. Thank you.
1: Hi, this is Christine, and I am excited to announce my premiere show, The Through Line, starting February 8th on 12 Radio. Why the through line? Because life is constantly moving you from here to there. So join me as we discuss and uncover the beautiful ways the through line is showing itself to you. Every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, right here on 1-2 Radio, changing the way we experience the world. 1-2-2-2 Radio. Changing the way
0: you listen to the world. If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at one two radio.com. And now, here's Mark.
2: Because, you know, God made me the way that I am, and God loves me. And I need to just um, recognize that and love myself.
0: Oh, God. So I know. Sweet. I love Amazing. that. It's so simple and so sweet. I mean, it really is that you get that from there. So, what did you do with that information?
2: Well, I went back with that information, and I, I, uh, I uh, kind of found this girl that I kind of liked, and so I. One of the things that is a big no-no in the LDS Church is sex outside of marriage, and right. uh, I had actually slept with this. This girl. And so I,
1: it felt, wasn't me by the way.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> reading my and, mind, Thank And you. so I had to, I had to confess my sins. That's, that's the way it works. And, okay. and I felt really guilty about this. So I did. And, um, I was told, you know, um, well, you know, this is a sin and you need to do these things and you need to stay away from this person. Um, oh. well, I, I didn't feel like that was fair. And so I finally just said, you know what, I'm choosing this person over the the LDS church. Um, I got a letter uh, stating that I was to come to a church court hearing uh, (gasps) to be uh, excommunicated because of my beliefs or because of what I was doing.
0: Um,
2: I decided not to go because um, I didn't believe in it. Uh, The one thing I did ask was that my parents not be told that I would tell my parents in my own time. Uh, the, uh, Bishop at the time had decided that he told me that they would not tell my parents I was an adult. They didn't need to tell them. um, about two days later, I got a call from my mom stating what's going on. Our Bishop just called us in and said, you're being excommunicated. What's going on at that point. I just said F everything. And I said, you know what, if you want to kick me out, kick me out. I mean, if this is the way you guys want to act, this is the way you want to, you know, be, I'm not going to be a part of this church anyway. Um, and so from then on, I, I got a letter. I wasn't excommunicated. I was what they called disfellowshipped, which meant, um, I wasn't allowed to take the sacrament and do things and, and be a, a full member of, of the congregation. Mm. Um, I, I only stepped foot in a church after that when, uh, uh, you know, there's a baptism or, or something like that. And and most of the time, I, I just try to stay away from that. Or there's a funeral or something I need to go to. I but. think people
0: have to understand how much there is to overcome. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. who have religion, unless it's a really – um, you know, easy religion, like maybe Methodist or whatever, not that easy in terms of accepting. I think that the, this is a cultural milieu that we have to overcome, and it's incredibly, incredibly burdensome for mm-hmm. the individual who's excommunicated or who is reprimanded or involves mm-hmm. the community. And all of a sudden, you're like naked in front of strangers about your personal life and your personal choices and made to feel horrible about them. And suddenly, the love of God looks like the wrath of God for no reason mm-hmm. except for you being who you are. And so anyway, mm-hmm. kudos for you on that. And I mm-hmm. definitely think the, uh, incredible journey there. So now can we get to a point where I'd like to hear how you guys met? I'd like to just <laughs> sort of know the story of that. And I'll let you yeah. tell your f- version. <laughs> yeah.
1: I um I moved to Pocatello to go to college, to yeah. go to Idaho State University. And my roommate, the, the gal I was renting from, was friends of friends of Rhonda's. So I was in school to be a social worker. Rhonda was in school to be a counselor. We were at the same university. And so we were introduced by mutual friends because they thought, you know, we have a lot in common because we're going into, you know, we're going into similar things in school and we were both single. And so I think they were just both, you know, (laughs) thinking that maybe this would work. So we, um, I got Rhonda's phone number from my roommate, and it took me about three days to call her because I was (laughs) a big chicken. And Rhonda actually was my very first relationship. I had been out on a few dates, but I'd not really had any um, Mm. much relationship experiences with other women. And um, so I called her, and we talked on the phone for three hours the very first time that we talked on the phone. Oh, and then that's we like met. a good
0: sign, right? When it's a yeah, long
2: right? yeah.
1: like, woo, yeah. just go forever. Then I love that. We met for coffee a few days later and another date a few days later, and we dated for about two months and moved in together.
2: Yep. Oh, yep. It my was God. really fast.
0: Like instant, <laughs> like you knew? Like you guys just, I mean, so you met, you went out to eat and like, okay, so uh, Rhonda, let's take it from like a little bit before that with you. You heard <laughs> about, uh, you heard about Christy and uh, were you waiting for the phone call?
2: Well, actually, it, it's kind of interesting um, because I her, her friends and my friend, the, the person that's, that I knew was a doc student in the counseling department. I was getting my master's. She was getting her doctorate. And um, so we had just kind of become friends. And uh, she had invited me to other stuff. And I realized if I had gone to some of those things, uh, like a basketball game and things like that, Christy and I actually would have met earlier. Oh, um, just from going to that. But for They've some, been trying to get us together yeah. for a while. Oh, like, that is so We didn't actually sweet. realize it. Yeah. <laughs> and so she said to me, "I've got this girl. She's new in town. She just doesn't know anyone." Do you mind giving her a call? And I, being the big chicken I am, said, why don't you give her my phone number yep. and have her call me? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was it was uh, I think it was midterms. And I was uh, I actually had blown off some other friends who wanted to go out and party. And I said, guys, I got to get this stuff done. And so I was home working on on some midterm stuff. And I get this call. And, um, yeah, we seriously, we just have a lot in common. We see the world the same way. We grew up very similar. Um, and we did, we just talked for three hours and it it was wonderful.
0: Oh, I, you know, that feeling of like, you could, I mean, imagine if you could have been anybody else with any kind of life experience and yet Mm -hmm. hear you guys so much in common. Now, were you excited Mm -hmm. when you heard Christy's voice on the other end?
2: Yeah, except that my friend had said she's looking for, you know, she she doesn't know anyone, so I'm not sure if this is, like, Oh. thing or if she just needs a friend you know what i mean
0: yeah okay so um christy you got the nerve you took a breath you called now before you got before you called were you like pulling tarot cards or anything
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't do cards back then this is sort of pre-metaphysics for me nice. i was a, still a prayer at the time but yeah. I, not not anything else but i was super nervous but i also went okay I have to do this. I actually had been out on a really bad date the day before and had yeah. a really weird experience with somebody that I'm like, Oh, definitely not. not yeah. And so I thought, okay, I've got it. I've got to branch out here. So yeah. I just made myself do it.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh. And so you, but it was pr- nice butterflies in your tummy, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I love that. I was thinking instead of running to throw up. <laughs> no, <laughs> there
1: was no throwing up. There's been no throwing up since oh, I, you know. Oh, that's no. so sweet. Figured-
0: okay, so two months after you guys take your first date, you decide it's okay to try to uh, live together, right? You're going to live together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I understand in um, that you both are sort of hypocritical in that you both are in love with a man. Um, can you talk about that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, you mean our son? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I was just setting yeah. up the audience. Can we, <laughs> how, can we talk about how that happened, how you talked about it? And, uh, Christy, you start and then we'll, we'll get Ronda. what happened there. Who, who was the, um, who do you think it was the motive behind it? Who was the, what do I say? The instigator behind instigator- it? Um, yeah.
1: me, I was, I was, um, we, we, we're we adoptive parents. We have a 17-year-old son named Mike. He's
0: 17?
1: Uh, he's 17. Oh,
0: oh yeah. my gosh. I didn't know. I love that. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's – boy, we jumped right into teenagerhood. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But um, I was working at a group foster home, and I had been feeling – pressured for a long time to quit working as a social worker and go be a full-time psychic I'd done it part-time for a long long time and I actually we'd been to um, the International New Age trade show in Denver and met Colette Barron-Reed and she did a reading for me and she looked me right in the face and she said you have to quit your job and it's it's something I'd known for a long time so I was uh, directing a group foster home at the time and
0: I just want to clarify Colette and mead uh she encouraged you to go be a psychic as well, right yes oh that's awesome okay. we
1: we owned we we own a metaphysical store and spiritual center and have done it on the side for years and oh, um oh
0: and where did you had you own that when you saw colette
1: yes yes oh yeah.
0: awesome so yeah. I, I who opened the store
1: uh we did the, the four psychic sisters we opened our place together um in
0: 2007 okay okay so and you were doing that were you doing that for a living no
1: just part-time on the side we were all working full-time jobs as well and then doing that part-time
0: is the store still going
1: Uh uh-huh oh yeah you gotta plug the store yeah it's it's healing hands metaphysical store and spiritual center in idaho falls idaho Mm -hmm.
0: oh i love that that's what i did forever our paths are so parallel
1: I know. Oh, that's,
0: that's so cool. cool. And um okay so so you got this advice to quit your job which was the other job you were doing and right. uh go full time into being a psychic and, and right. so that's where we are about right now in the story. So now what did you do? Yeah.
1: Well, I gave notice where I was working. I worked for a group foster home, and um, I gave 30 days notice, and as I'm getting through those 30 days not- of, of leaving, there's one kid at that house that I cannot leave behind. Oh. I've known him the whole time that I worked there. He'd been a resident there. He was a foster kid whose per- parents' rights had been terminated, so he was up for adoption. Rhonda and I both knew him, and we had talked for a couple of years about, wouldn't it be cool if we could take this kid? But because of our positions of where we were working, it would, it wasn't really possible, but I just realized that I could not leave that job and leave that boy there. I couldn't do it.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. So what, so what happened? You, you, Rhonda knew where you work. Now you guys are clearly are involved in each other's lives pretty Oh yeah! Right, and so Ronda actually
1: the same company. We mm-hmm. were working for the same. Company.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love sure.
0: that. I do, and I love how service oriented your your missions are in life. It's so mm-hmm. sweet. Now, Rhonda, so you knew about her leaving, and you knew about um, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what does Christy talk to you about? Let's do it. Let's adopt. And what is that? What happened, or what happened in your world?
2: She came to me one night and and was kind of in tears and said you know, I really want to leave this job, but I cannot leave Mike. I don't know what to do. And she said, what do you think about adopting him? And I went, um, okay.
0: (laughs) What was going through your mind? Like, is that even possible? You know,
2: no, what was going through my mind was our life is so quiet. (laughs) Oh, gotcha,
0: gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) You
2: know, um, we, we, you know, we're both, professionals and 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 not that we made a ton of money but we were you know pretty financially secure and could do things that we wanted to and if we wanted to go on a uh, you know on a vacation somewhere we just pack up and go and you know what I mean so yeah. it for me it was like oh okay this is gonna really <laughs> change things um but I also knew this kid and knew how sweet inside he is and I hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll be mad but um <laughs> <laughs> but I also knew he had one chance. There was one chance left for a family for him in his oh. heart. He was going to give it one more try. And if that didn't work, he would just know he was a worthless kid and he would just kind of throw himself away. And I knew that he needed he he needed two parents because um, he's just a real a real angry kid and would wear one parent out pretty quick, but to have a a man in his life, he, he postures with them. Um, he gets all macho with them and, you know, show me and, you know, uh, tries to get him to hurt him because that's what he was used to. And so, um, in talking to Christy, it was like, okay. Um, you know, I, I could see where this would be beneficial for him. And, and he's a great kid and, and I knew that we could give him what what he needed and what oh, and how old was, was he at the time? He was fourteen.
0: Okay, so he's a fourteen yep. year old kid. He's at the prime mm-hmm. of adolescent hormones raging. Oh man. And <laughs> uh, and, and uh the, and the, the your heart strings tied. So uh, Christy, what's the process of this? Like, what, what was the next step? You got Rhonda's approval. You talked to her about it. What was the next <laughs> hurdle that we had to well, overcome?
1: We, we let my job end because I had to not be working there in order oh, okay. to make him. So, okay. the day after I finished my job, we had an appointment with his state caseworker. Now, you got to understand that I'm a social worker. Rhonda's a counselor. We work in the system. This woman is a colleague of ours, has been for years, whom we are not out to. Okay. So we have to go out ourselves to the Department of Health and Welfare, basically, all these professional oh. colleagues that we've had for years, and say, this is who we are. We want to be foster parents, and we want this kid. We're not just going to be foster parents to any any old kid. We want this, this kid. This
0: kid. Okay.
1: And um, she cried. She mm-hmm. hugged us. Mm-hmm. She because we said, you know, we're not just in this for the short term. We don't want to just be his foster parents. We want to adopt him. We want to get him as soon as possible. And then we want to go through whatever it takes to adopt him. And um, it was just amazing. They were really, really fast with all of our paperwork and background checks and that kind of stuff. And on the 10th of November, which was a week before his 15th birthday, we got him permanently.
0: Oh, Wow.
1: We talked to her at the end of September. So by the 10th of November, he was our kid.
0: Oh, my God. So there wasn't a lot of hurdles to overcome? No.
1: no? Well, it took us another year to adopt him. We went through a whole bunch of stuff after that. But they let us have him because we knew him. They let us have him immediately. They didn't make us jump through all the hurdles before we got him. We did all the hurdles while we had him.
0: Okay. So um, now let's look at it from the other perspective. You guys as a Uh, partnership now does the city of idaho recognize um uh, anything that you all do as a couple
2: no uh -uh. so
0: you're so legally you couldn't have become legal if you wanted to
2: no we could we could foster as a as a lesbian couple but as far as adoption um we could not adopt because there's no um Marriage laws in Idaho, and, and you have so, to be married to adopt a child. You have to be married
0: yeah. to adopt a child, and you'd have to be mm-hmm. married to take a tax deduction. Yep. On that, on like a, this is a family, and this is my dependent. Meaning, right? I mean, it's sort right. of like okay. So there had to be right. some. Okay, so um, did you guys try to go that route? Did you try to go about a, a, a civil union route or a marriage route and uh talk about it and come up with a decision of what you're going to do when you're living in a in a very uh, red conservative state? <laughs> this is good for everybody listening, but did you talk, did you have discussions about marriage or not marriage or what it was worth and, and where did you end up landing? We'll start Rhonda with you.
2: Okay. Um, actually we did, this was a couple of years before we got Mike, actually, we were still both working, um, uh-huh. uh, for the same company. Um, and, uh. Christy and I had broke up for a little while. Uh We've been together 13 years.
0: Yeah. Every healthy relationship needs that moment. Yeah. And and so we
2: broke up for about a year and and we got back together and we've been together about two years. And we finally said, you know what? Why don't we get married? Why don't we... Um, do this. We we uh, belong to the Unitarian Universalist Church here in Idaho Falls, and they're very welcoming and very open. Oh and, yeah, go Unitarians, our, absolutely. Yeah, and our and our minister is wonderful, and um, we decided to to ask uh, her if she would perform this. Also, um, Christie's both of us had ha- we'd had kind of a commitment ceremony before, but no none of our family came. Um, and Christy really felt like she wanted her parents to be there. And I really wanted my parents to be there too. Christy's parents were a lot more, uh, accepting. My parents kind of struggled a little bit with, it was kind of a don't ask, don't tell policy, Absolutely. you know, if we don't talk about it. I mean, she'd come to Christmas and Thanksgiving for, you know, 10 years, but we don't, she's still my roommate, you right. know, kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, so we actually asked, um, our parents to be a part of the wedding, our, our fathers walked us down we had two aisles our fathers walked us down the aisles oh. and our mothers helped um, by helping pour sand into a container that uh, represented both families coming together no, and since that's then very
0: sweet go ahead
2: and and since then um our families have just kind of come together my parents are uh, very accepting my brothers were all there um and you know christie's Sisters were all there, all our friends, all our church community. Uh, it was a packed house. It was awesome.
0: Oh, um, that is so sweet. Did you have a yeah. song? Um,
2: uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we did.
0: Are you we telling us?
1: My, my sister sang, and oh. um,
0: is there like when you hear us? Is it this? Do you have a famous song that's like that's our wedding song, that kind of thing? I don't
1: it's Our song a... keeps changing, but <laughs> well, it was a Shania Twain song at the wedding, and I cannot think
2: of the name. Which that's is okay. Really that's silly, okay. But... No, uh-huh. it isn't. Um... but but Christy's sisters stood up. She had one sister on her side, and I had one sister on my side, and they stood up for us. So, oh, and, and, it was and the a... nieces and nephews. You know, they were all involved. Everyone was involved. So,
0: oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Okay, so. What maybe book or what person maybe influenced you do you think as you were coming through this uh, to into your spirituality now as it is? Do you have one?
1: I, I do. Um, Shakti Gawain, uh, oh, Developing Intuition, really yeah. kick-started things for me. I was in a car wreck when I was 21 and um, got hurt and didn't have good medical support for what happened with me. And so I started looking at alternative stuff and started learning about alternative healing modalities and and stuff and metaphysical stuff was just it just came to me so naturally it was like I'd done it my whole life even though I until I was about 21 years old didn't even know what it was but that book um, developing intuition by Shakti Gawain had a huge impact on me. I still recommend it to my clients all the time. I that was really the her. beginning of yeah. things really opening up for me.
0: I love that. She or was her I think her first book was just simply called Creative Visualizations. Yes. And mm-hmm.
1: rem- one of my absolute favorites.
0: Yeah, it's little, it's actually she you know those pioneers back then, you know, they oh, really yeah. were pioneers. That's so sweet cuz now Absolutely. simple concepts we still use. Rhonda mm-hmm. was there an influence for you or is it similar?
2: No, for me, it was actually um, Neil Donald Walsh's um, Conversations Conversations with God. Yeah, Uh, that really opened my eyes to a whole different realm, a a way of of looking at spirituality, a a way of looking at, you know, my life's purpose. What am I here for?
0: Isn't that funny? Um, I so remember the fascination... Uh, the, that evolution, that quest, the sort of angsty, mm-hmm. I was in my probably mid to late twenties and that angsting sort of like search and finding books like that that mm-hmm. just touch your heart and you think you're the only, you know, you might be the only person then at the time that, cause you know, mm-hmm. it was like an unusual place and yeah. that safety and, and all of a sudden now we're on the other end of that as the people, offering that and giving that and it's just so sweet and have you found comfort and peace christy have you found comfort yeah. and peace in where you are out there now
1: most definitely. Um, you know, I feel really strongly that we have a mission here to create a, a safe place for people of alternative belief systems uh. and lifestyles. We joke that our center is um, the the metaphysical community center of our area because people just come and hang out. We have a lending library and a place, to, a place to meditate and stuff. And so, you know, people just come hang out. And they tell us all the time that they're afraid for us, that, you know, people are just going to run us out of town and, and <laughs> hassle us. And that has never happened. And we're mm. in our sixth year. Oh. We we are we? We have a big sign on our building that says the psychic sisters because that's the name of our radio show. <laughs> and you know what? Nobody gives us any hassle about that. We don't have any trouble at all. And,
0: because somebody has to be those people,
2: right?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. People come in every day. You're going to think I'm crazy. I need to tell you something. We're like, hey, there's nothing crazy in here. Exactly. <laughs> We've heard it all. We've seen it all. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Our website is healinghands, reiki, and massage.com. Okay. And we do have a store and we do a a lot of spiritual groups so we have a drum circle a sacred pipe circle and a healing circle that meet every month mm. we do different metaphysical classes we teach an intuition development group and Rhonda's is teaching a spiritual book discussion group right now on the celestine prophecy
0: oh nice Mm -hmm. um
1: so we do a lot of that kind of stuff plus we see clients there so we see in-person clients every day who
0: does the daily grind of it would you say mo like is there somebody who's like uh, always behind the counter kind of thing or is it everybody my
1: sister katie and i are there full time okay and then Rhonda and my sister kara are there part-time
0: okay so we get a big shout out to katie um yeah. and Kara, but katie has a show uh also uh, uh wait a minute Indi- wait a minute i know what it is what, No, tell me what it is indigo something oh my right but tell me
1: Indigo's crystals and rainbows oh my
0: indigo's crystals and rainbows oh my such a sweet show where she mm-hmm. actually talks to children and uh and really gives great advice on um what how to work with them and also and families and christy mm-hmm. your radio show that is separate from the psychic sisters is called what
1: Kindred Spirits. Okay. It's on Mondays, and I channel my Kindred Spirits, which are my guides. They're goddesses and archangels. And it's so- a
0: fantastic show, and you can hear it. You know, you guys, what is the accent of Idaho? Am I hearing it, or did you guys work on getting rid of something? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we we don't really have an accent, although if I'm in Pingree for very long, I think I start to twang a little bit. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, you don't though you have great radio voices. Um Ronda, you join the psychic sisters. At uh, what day is that show on?
2: It is on Thursdays at uh See, it's 5R time, so 4 Pacific.
0: And they're all basically call shows as well. You all do readings right. for people. If you haven't heard the shows, any of these shows, these are some of the most supportive, loving voices on the radio. They are amazing. They're gifted. <laughs> they truly are psychic. We, we sort of didn't talk a lot about their psychic work, but to be um, – you know, lesbian, psychic, uh, single, uh, well, not single parent, but, you know, adopted parents, uh, it's kind of like you guys, with a new age store, you picked an alternative lifestyle, you made it work, you made a beacon for other people to find you. On behalf of those people and the people listening in, I want to thank you, both of you, because what you did was face brave terrain. And that is something that I think all of us, must do at some point. And those of that feel that they can't, they look to you and they look at, at you guys and say, Oh my God, they did it in the most adverse circumstances. I can do it in this, in this moderate circumstance that I'm in. So thank you for that. And all that you do is there, uh, where, where do you, what do you want people to know before we sign off? Christy, you, you you're available at one to listen. You are an advisor. They can call in any classes you want to announce or more about the websites, anything like that you want to I, say, give it out.
1: Actually, I have a new reading that I'm doing on one, two Academy that I'm really excited about. Ooh, so tennis. I wanted to share it's, it's a self-limiting belief clearing. And I do a, a process of going into your, your inner self and looking at your unconscious beliefs and choosing one that's limiting you or, or limiting your life. So a belief about yourself, like that I'm not good enough or I can't achieve this or no one loves me, those kinds of things. And then we go through a process to release, release that belief. And so I'm actually doing that on one, two Academy.
0: Nice. And, and so then, I'm really
1: excited about that. So
0: Okay, so one tooth. That's 12academy.com, everybody. Go look. Uh, you can even uh, search for her name there by name. Look for that. And you. And is it a one-on-one thing or many people can do it at the same time? It's,
1: it's a one-on-one thing.
0: I love it. Check it out, you guys. It's very exciting. Rhonda, the current place that you work for, is that a nonprofit place?
2: The the Counseling <laughs> Clinic of Youth and Family Renewal Services. Yeah. Um, we're through Ashton Memorial, which is a nonprofit. profit. Um, and we have uh the the group foster home that Christy was talking about oh, yes. and a counseling uh we do counseling and then we have um a nursing home and just a bunch of different things um that we're we 're working on um We feel like we need to give back to this community, and so you know we 've got to keep our doors open but we 're really working hard to um also give back and so any any donations would be wonderful
0: that's very sweet that's very sweet you guys you are the best sports on the planet not only were we having technical difficulties about 60 of them during the interview these guys (laughs) did not flinch once did not change their temperament or their mood that's the kind of people they are i really do thank you for joining me that's christy brower and that's Rhonda knutson and thank you so much for being here you guys and we're gonna um where and there's going to be some party. replays here. This will be a podcast over on iTunes. So awesome. check it out. Work. Thanks you guys so much. Mm-hmm. I hope you have thank a wonderful you. day. And really, thank you so much for joining.